Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Parkins and Spiegel show flashback. Sherman Dilla Thomas is six figure underscore Dilla on Twitter. Describes himself as a husband, father, Chicago historian. I still think you're burying the lead about probably the most important African American and Jewish connection in the history of Chicago. Come on now. What's that? That would be Harold Pierce and a guy named Gene Rose. Oh, that's a pretty good one. You live here in Chicago? I do. That's very simple. Pick your friends up this weekend. Uh Uh-huh. Take them to Harold's Chicken. Okay. (laughs) On the south side. I know where that is. Gene Rosen has grandkids that's still around, so they're going to particularly love this. But uh, Mr. Rosen uh, had a poultry farm, and he sold chicken. And Mr. Pierce was uh, going through a divorce with his wife, Hilda. And so he was closing H&H Chicken and was going to open Harold's Chicken. But he wanted to play with the recipe. So so Gene Rosen gave him a couple wings, some thighs to play with the recipe, and now we got Harold's Chicken. That's probably my third favorite black and Jewish connection. My second one... <laughs> uh, I actually had the Harold's Chicken. It was actually buzzing. Okay, good. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. Daz Newsome. Daz Newsome. Yeah. I mean, anyone you can introduce to Harold's, it's a, it's a web. He was pleased. Well, we are pleased to have... Back in the studio, Sherman Dilla Thomas, as you just heard there. Check it out, chicagomahogany.com. Follow him on all of your socials. Uh, my first time talking to you in person. Dilla, thank you so much for coming in. It's really honored to be here. Second time talking to you and having you in studio. He did get to two and one on the black-Jewish combination Chicago history on the depth chart. We don't have to repeat it. People can go back and listen. <laughs> That's but a good top three, though. Yeah, it's it, it was. How a, deep can you go? Uh, I could probably go about a good eight, eight <laughs> or nine. Solid. You know, another great one is the uh, Jewish homies at Chess Records and Muddy Waters, right? Like, how can you not appreciate? There you that go. One? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, and Ch- Chess, you can still go and uh, and and see the Chess space down there on Michigan Avenue. Yes, you can. Take them on my tours. Uh, shameless plug. There you go. Hey, no, that, that's the whole thing. Uh, we could do all the plugs for the tours at chicagomahogany.com. But we were having a conversation uh, last week because this White Sox Stadium story is happening faster than I think a lot of us expected it to. The, Rob Manfred just like came out, the commissioner of baseball, and he was like, oh, yeah, we like this idea, and this is how the financing would work. And so we were like, oh, damn, like, this is probably going to – like we should probably be talking about this as a – when not if situation and so we were talking about what the ramifications for that would be for the south side team to move from 35th and shields to the 78 
What, what do you think about it? I think it's uh, uh, another example of the South Side of Chicago in its totality catching the short end of the stick. And while I uh, appreciate them, uh, at least the Sox not going to like Nashville, right? Right. Like so, at least that's like a step better. But Bridgeport means so much to the White Sox, and the White Sox means so much to Bridgeport. And the fact that that team would have probably folded way earlier. You know, there's always like the running joke that they got the best food in the league, but nobody in the stands to eat it, right? The people that are still in the stands are the folks from Bridgeport. And so just to cut them out, but not just that, there's like this radi- economic radiation that happens uh, when the Sox play on the south side. You got the Bucket Boys at the train station on 35th Street. You got the dudes selling dollar beers and dollar waters. You radiate further than that. You got the small businesses that are on Hoster Street in Bridgeport that uh, you know people go to to eat before the game. They go there to eat after the game. Like it's going to totally destroy the economics of Bridgeport and and uh, by association, Bronzeville, all those neighborhoods benefited during the season, you know, the, just the parking over there, right? The guy that uh, runs the Viana's place, uh, he makes his, his living because he can sell parking spots during the Sox games, and all that's going to go away as soon as you move the team. So uh, that, that's interesting. So you think <laughs> it, that, that it will decline around there precipitously? Once, oh. once the White Sox move. Right away, right? And it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, the South Side uh, and the city in, in general is so proud of Bridgeport. We're always, like, waving that flag when it's uh, St. Patty's Day. is getting ready to be here next month. All the Bridgeport's going to be downtown, right, dying the Chicago River Green. Um, and you're just going to, like, throw it all away. And I know, and the thing about that is that's not going to bolster attendance in the long run for the White Sox. It'll be that immediate, oh, it's new, and it's down here, and we're going to check it out. But until Chicago stops treating the White Sox in general as, like, uh, the redhead stepchild, the proverbial stepchild, then, you know, after two, three seasons, everybody's checked out the stadium, it's going to go right back to lower Tennessee. That's, that's not the issue. The issue is win games, put a winnable product on the team, right, win some playoff games, and that's how you're going to keep uh, butts in the seats. But to move it downtown um, – I don't think that's the right thing to do to a fan base that's been overly loyal to you, even when you wasn't winning. Well, the health of the organization long term is certainly going to be about being smart baseball wise, like doing the right things baseball wise and developing talent and having young talent. But the health financially of having a stadium and your own little ballpark village that you can get money from, that is a big component that's going to be part of it. And that's and that's why they want to do it. But why hasn't it happened in your mind around 35th and, and and shields because as you cite these communities that have you know that have benefited from from the Sox having games it's not as if it's not as if things have catapulted forward in terms of development around yeah, there that's, that's that's very true and i think it could i think there's a huge they just had the christmas lights across the street at that parking lot there's enough space there to throw a hotel up right there on the uh, north side of the street from Sox Park right now. You can have that same development. Uh, it's the black eye that the south side has, right? And a part of that has to do with the folks who are in charge with the city of Chicago. Now, I'm a, like the hugest Chicago fan. I do business with the city, right? So uh, I'm not uh, you know, speaking out of turn when I say that even the people that are in charge of tourism, they don't beat the South Side drum, right? When you come to Chicago, they tell you to uh, go to Navy Pier, 
tell you to go check out the Bean, go check out Buckingham Fountain, right? And they can't, and then check out Wrigley Field, and then that's it. The story ends. I think there are a number of ways that they can uh, make some great financial decisions. One of which is to have have more concerts at Sox Park, right? It's just a summer series of amazing concerts. First of all, the proximity from the train station makes going to concerts all year long or particularly during the baseball season or right out of it or right in the beginning of it, right? There's so many other things that they can do with that ballpark uh, to generate revenue. Uh, the other part of it is is that, again, you're it's, it's going to be like a net loss for the city. So it may benefit the White Sox as an organization, right? It may be a, a thing that, that helps them financially. It may help them stay in the black, right, because um, – you know, the renting of rooms for players and the families will be able to all stay right there, right? People will feel more comfortable living in the South Loop. Like, I get the benefits, but I just think a, a space that's been loyal to you for more than 100 years deserves a little more consideration than um, due to bad planning. And I'm not a GM. I don't know how to pick players, but we didn't just arrive here today, right? The product on the field didn't just... Uh, become the issue today. The finances didn't just become the issue today, but to solve it, you're going to like abandon ship. And all it's going to do is uh, further push the narrative that the South side is a wasteland, right? Once you remove that team. What do you think, if you agree with the premise that it's inevitable, it's a, it's a when, not if, what is the best case scenario for that location, for that neighborhood? Like, I mean, you put the Chicago Fire there, right, or something yeah. like that. Like that, That's not enough games. It's not going to replace 81 baseball games a year. What would you suggest, assuming the city doesn't want to completely turn its back on it, what would you suggest be done to try to do your best for Bridgeport and the surrounding neighborhood I, if they do lose the White Sox? I think if they lose the White Sox, you kind of put them in a situation to where you're going to have to maybe even jettison baseball and see how you can turn that neighborhood into another kind of economic hub. Do you make it uh, all the, the surrounding areas? Are you now focused on this is where we're going to start putting our data centers, right? Chicago has an amazing tech boom happening right here. More tech companies are moving their headquarters to Chicago than any other place across the country. Uh, we're always talking about the amount of residents that Illinois is losing, but that's mostly retirees who don't want to stay, pay state income tax on their pensions, which I totally understand. But the people that are coming to Illinois are coming to Chicago. They're tech professionals with great jobs. They're all able to pay three grand a month in amazing high rises down here and on the north side. So I think that 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 would probably be the way to save that neighborhood is to Right. All right. We got to get get rid of this ballpark and throw an Amazon hub right here, you know, and I think that 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 would help sustain that neighborhood and the because everything feeds off of Bridgeport when that's happening. Right. You got the Vienna sausage that's right there in back of the yards that's piping in food during the games and during the stadiums. It's so much um, by proximity that happens in that it's not just Bridgeport. It's back of the yards. It's McKinley Park. It's Bronzeville. You know, that Bronzeville Starbucks sees so much business at the games, right? And just uh, even expanding it out further than that. So it's going to really stink, and you're going to have to think long and hard about what you put there. Well, that'll be up to the city, and the city could ask the White Sox for input on that, could ask the White Sox to invest in that. And I think I think back to when the United Center happened and they tore down Chicago Stadium and um, and, and the Bulls and the, the Blackhawks, I think, got together and built, like, the James Jordan 
um, a community center there. And, and so maybe there'd be a community center of some kind with White Sox investment. But I hear you. I, I find the, the conversation fascinating. I live in the South Loop, and there is not this kind of this sense of continuity on the on the South Side from the South Loop towards Chinatown, towards Bridgeport, and with Bronzeville. Like, it hasn't happened. And are you thinking that it hasn't happened because the White Sox haven't made it happen? Or has it not happened because the South Side is is just kind of stratified and, and people stay in neighborhoods a little bit more than they do on the North Side? I think it's that, right? You certainly stay in your camp on the South Side. Uh, and that's because it's, it's by design that that happened, right? And we don't got to go through the whole history of that, right? But there there is a long storied history of kind of forcing people via disinvestment to stay in these particular neighborhoods. Absolutely. And, After and the Great Migration, they put people there. They like put that. people there, right? And then not only that, but, you know, you got harassed when you left there. And so now that mindset permeates. The other part of it is, right, just think about in when the Cubs won, the city shut down. It was, you know, but when the White Sox won, they get a ticker tape. So some, some of that is just even, like, in the way we talk about, if you watch uh, tourism commercials about the city of Chicago, it's uh, even before the even before 2016, right? The Cubs were just like these happy losers. Get them next season, right? And even the boom that the Sox had through the 90s, which which was almost the entirety of the decade, right? It was never really pushed by the city as a part of the city winning. Not like when the Bears win, or not like when the Bulls win, or even when the Blackhawks won. It's the city, but when the Sox win, it's Bridgeport. It's you know. So we've kind of set that mindset. That the Sox only belong to these neighborhoods around the park more so than it belong to the city. So let, let me ask you this, though. If there is a thriving, happening stadium at Roosevelt and Clark, right? Let's say they build that there on the 78 and it's killing it. It's like PNC in Pittsburgh or it's like, you know, Coors in Denver or at one of these places that is closer to downtown, but it still is of the south side. Like, is it possible that a thriving and busier part of that South Side could, because that's thriving, could that benefit the entire South Side? If they choose to, right? So if um, an example that I like to use is both Mariano's and Whole Foods, when they anchor themselves in the neighborhood, then the store manager got to be from that neighborhood, right? And that's a part of the their their mission in the city of Chicago. Dominic's was very good at that when they were here. Like when you went to the Dominic's and Humboldt Park, that was a Puerto Rican dude's picture right there as the store manager. And so I'm saying that to say if you are going to move it and then you're starting to build out this infrastructure, these hotels and all these things, then maybe you start right now reaching out to the, the schools and organizations that are in Bridgeport in the back of the yards to start to train people up to fill the leadership roles. And then I think you do get that net benefit. But if you place them there. Um, just as a satellite to downtown. Just as a satellite to downtown, you'll get those same downtown candidates and the neighborhood is going to still lose anyway. But if you go into it with that mindset like, hey, we owe Bridgeport one. So we're going to. And I don't think that's nepotism or I don't think that's favoritism or anything like that. But I think that that's just showing loyalty that they say, hey, we're going to keep 25 percent of these jobs sitting ready and available for people who have the skill set and come from Bridgeport, we're going to give them a first crack at it. I don't think that that's wrong. I think that that's going to inevitably lift up Bridgeport. Well, no, and I mean, after 120, I mean, right, they're coming up on the 125th season of the of the franchise. 
it's a long history yeah. in, a, in a neighborhood. So there's not, there would be nothing wrong with that. We're talking to Sherman Dilla Thomas. Of course, you can check out uh, his website, chicagomahogany.com. Great merch, by the way. Everything dope about America comes from Chicago. You should get it all there. What do you think of the proposed location? Like, I know you would want it to stay where it is, but the logistics of... Oh, you can't beat that, right? Like, you know, I... Uh, uh... It makes a lot of sense. You'll have people on the boat tours being able to <laughs> yeah. check out the stadium. It'll almost be like they are in San Francisco. You're out there on the right day. You may even catch a home run, depending on how they uh, position the field, right? Um, I also think that it, it would have a, a benefit to a place like Pilsen. But then there's the other part of it. Because I'm in these communities every single day, Pilsen is already going through a gentrification, Right. There's was formerly this thriving Mexican American community. They're and pushed west to Little Village. They're they're getting pushed out of Little Village. We're starting to call the West End of Inglewood, La Inglewood, Damon Avenue, and and streets from the West because they're getting even priced out out of Little Village because of the push out of Pilsen. They're moving to uh, Inglewood in very very large numbers, which I think is awesome. But if you think that uh, they're getting gentrified now, you put a stadium right in that proximity, and then the the cost of the homes and the apartments and everything else is going to change exponentially, then you're really going to be pushing people out of Pilsen. You may even start to encroach on uh, Chinatown a little bit and start to price them out too. So uh, it'll be an economic benefit, but it could also change the fabric of the city and the people who have spent their lives making this city viable would be the people who are negatively affected because of, you know, the inevitable gentrification that's going to happen when you put something that big mm-hmm. in that close proximity to Pilsen. It's going to change Pilsen. I think it's incredibly valuable to have your voice on the station talking about this stuff because you're, you're a treasure in this town, man, as Danny was talking about with the tours and, and everything that you do and just the following that you have and the way you stand up for all neighborhoods uh, in, in Chicago. It's, it's a remarkable thing. And so it's impactful for me to, to talk with you about it and hear some of this stuff because I, I see the genius of this potential stadium plan. And frankly, I see the possibility of keeping the team on the south side in a healthy way. And I think that Jerry Reinsdorf is actually concerned with that. Like, it, I want to know if you feel like he has historically, and the White Sox have historically given a crap about the south side and about being of the south side. Because they've done a lot of things with certain programs and things like that. I feel like this is genuinely his desire to try and set it up on the south side long term, as you said, not Nashville or th- they, they something got, like that. Uh, so I don't. I was in. Uh, I have a relationship with the White Sox now. I didn't formally have it, so I can't speak too uh, formally. But just one of the things that I'm thinking about is their relationship with the ACE program, which is the baseball all star program here for black and brown kids. At this point, ACE easily has sent. Over 500 black and brown dudes away to college on baseball scholarships, right? And the Sox fully fund that. They have the East-West game, uh, the Double Duty Classic, right? The Ted Ratcliffe Double Duty Classic. Uh, Every year I take their top brass on, like, a Negro League tour to talk about how, um, before Reinsdorf, how Comiskey had a relationship with uh, Rube Foster and would allow them to play games at Comiskey. And, and, and how the Negro League All-Stars started right there on the south side. Uh, they do fund a lot of amazing not-for-profit programs. Um, and to my knowledge, that has been ticking up, right? So I think it's fair to say it wasn't historically always true, um, but it is now on the uptick. And so that leads me to believe that they certainly care about being the south side's team. 
Um, formerly, it used to crack me up as a Sox fan. You see that the baseball field in Augell Gardens on 130th was sponsored by the Cubs. You see, <laughs> you know, you see the baseball field in Chatham sponsored by the Cubs, and now you're seeing more White Sox sponsored baseball fields in in Inglewood at Ogden Park and and those type of things. So, um, if that continues, if what if you use your net benefit and the new money that you're acquiring by moving the baseball stadium to the 78 but you still keep your tentacles on the south side then i think that's an amazing thing but we all got to be honest before it all happens right it's going to change the south side it's going to uh, affect the vitality of bridgeport and it's going to potentially expedite the gentrification of pullman I mean, of uh, Pilsen, and if you know these things going in, then you should kind of like activate on them to 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 protect those spaces. And I, like I said, I think a great uh, gesture would be like, hey, we're moving, but thirty percent of these jobs are going to go to folks who came from Bridgeport back of the yards because you guys been holding us down for one hundred twenty years, right? We owe you one. Uh, before we let you go, what do you make of this very public? Kevin Warren and Mayor Johnson, they're kind of flirting with each other a little bit. They always are in photo ops together. They bought this land out in Arlington Heights, but now they want to be in Chicago, or so they say. What do you think is the path forward for for the Bears in the city if there well, is you know, one? Kevin Warren probably fell in love with this place in his previous job, right, his Big Ten commish, yeah. and then anchoring himself here. Uh, so I, I can see why he, he loves this place. And actually, you know, if I was the Bears, I'd be a little mad. Like, hey, what, look, give us some of that 78 space. I, 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 um, I, the example I give people all the time is you get out your car on the corner of Roosevelt and Michigan at 11 a.m., and the game starts at noon, are you in your seat? No. Nope. The answer is no. <laughs> right. right. The answer is no. And so what do you do about that? Like that, that's just a in any other place, in any other NFL stadium, if you're four blocks away from the stadium, an hour ahead, you're going <laughs> to make it. You, should, you, be you should be good. But no, if you get out that Uber on Michigan and Roosevelt, you're in some trouble. So I think we got to figure something out. I'm a historian. I hate changing anything. But I, I do think in this instance, we might have to back off of our don't build on Lakeshore Drive rule a little bit and let them throw up a parking lot in a hotel over there uh, with that same kind of thing in mind. Like, you're going to make sure that uh, kids from marginalized spaces uh, have access to the job training in those places and that uh, where you are affecting uh, preservation in one space, you drop some money in another space to help preserve other things. There's other things around Chicago that could use some preservation, not just Lakeshore Drive and park spaces. Uh, but I do see the, if Kevin Warren's smart, then, yeah, you, you certainly, you know, defriend uh, uh, Mayor Brandon Johnson. And, and you do it in a genuine way because uh, I say it every day, man, a rising tide raises all ships. It shouldn't be. Um, you know, this or that. There, there, there's sometimes we can have an and. You know what I mean? There's sometimes we can we can meet in the middle and, and make it better for everybody. And Chicago would lose with them going out to Arlington Heights, no matter how you slice that pickle. So uh, you're you're a valuable voice to have on this stuff, man. Thanks for lending it to us for a little while. I'm super happy to be here. Thank you, Dilla. That is uh, Sherman Dilla Thomas. Check it out, ChicagoMahogany.com. Go on a tour, buy a hoodie, buy some merch, support it, man. It's an incredible story of a guy who started doing some videos about history on TikTok, and now he's built it into this whole thing that reps the best of this city. So uh, thank you again for coming in. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.